welcome and welcome back to Monday Moves, a Marnie on the Move podcast production and series. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. It has been an action-packed, crazy few days, to say the least. Today, I am talking about Iron Man 70.3 New York that took place at Jones Beach, Long Island. The insane weather, my mantras and mindset, some big lessons I learned and key takeaways, as well as my race debrief. My Iron Man 70.3 New York Jones Beach race weekend kicked off with me interviewing Corey Roberts live for the Marnie on the Move podcast on the Ironman Expo race stage, as well as a beginner triathlete, Emily Chester, from the Landsharks team. I picked up my race bib and checked into the event on Friday, did some final testing of my bike and running, and Saturday was the race day. And let's just say, if you haven't already heard, it was pretty insane. I have definitely earned my badge of honor as a warrior, a badass athlete, an insane person. And I probably could now attempt to join the Navy SEALs. Just kidding. That's how it feels today. I'm just really glad to be here inside warm talking to you on this microphone. I want to kick things off by saying sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. I felt like a nut. That's what it felt like Saturday morning when I woke up at 4 a.m., and drove to the Ironman 70.3 New York Village in Jones Beach with my relay partner, Sarah Dimmick, who was all set to do the swim. As we pulled into the transition area, athletes were leaving. They were picking up their bikes, but not us. Nope. Sarah and I, and probably 3,500 athletes, were going down with the Titanic. This is one for the history books. Like when you hear those stories of your grandparents walking to school in the snow with no shoes. I will be talking about this forever. Iron Man 70.3 race director Corey Roberts was right. I've got so many stories. He talked about this in the race debrief. About how, yes, this was going to be a challenging event. But how we would have so many great stories. But that we didn't have to do it. When we arrived race morning... The wind was at least 20 miles per hour from the northeast, which means it's a cold wind and it's a strong wind. Huge waves, chop, and wind on the bay. They actually shortened the swim to 750 meters instead of 2,000 meters or 1.2 miles. It wasn't raining yet, but it was freaking cold. If it wasn't for Sarah, I would have never started this race. I am not a swimmer. I am a strong swimmer in the pool, but... When faced with big waves and chop, I would have bailed. So I'm so grateful to have been on this relay team with Sarah. In theory, this is the perfect course, right? It's a beautiful bay swim, not deep, just totally a beautiful bay, a flat bike, a flat run. It is a course for a 70.3 PR. There were 40 slots for 70.3 world championships. It was also a great first-timer course. Awesome for beginners, incredibly beautiful, as you can see on my Instagram, on my TikTok, on my YouTube from the days leading into the race. But race day, it was a shit show. (laughs) Can't sugarcoat that. I had a lot of mantras. So many mantras were going through my mind that morning. Of course, you can do hard things. Anything is possible. You got this. You are insane. 
this is crazy. I wish they would cancel or shorten the bike. I mean, they left the ball in our court. I had to decide if I thought it was safe to race. I felt like a chicken if I didn't do it. It was soul crushing to have to make this decision. And I do have a little bit of an ego. So of course I did it. And I don't mean that 3,500 athletes have egos, but I'm just talking about myself. I was not going to not do this race. The other thing that came up a lot, back to mantras, was do you want to quit or do you need to quit? And there's a really fine line between these two things, a really fine line. And you need to dig deep and ask yourself which one it is. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. This was my favorite one on race day. I was psyched to finish and be able to say that I leveled up my cycling skills, that I survived a run with hail flying into my eyes and sand and all kinds of stuff off the ocean. Trust your training. This was kind of like the last thing I thought about, mostly because I trained to do a 70.3, maybe in the heat, maybe in the cold weather. Maybe in the rain, but not in a hurricane, not in a hurricane, not in 25 mile an hour winds gusting 40, along with the rain, along with the cold. I would never have trained for that. I mean, I would never voluntarily go out and ride my bike in that kind of weather. I would never voluntarily do anything in that kind of weather. It's hard enough to walk my dogs. So to say that to trust my training, I knew I could do the race. It was just really a question of, the weather. And, you know, I kept thinking weather is life and how you face it is up to you. There were a lot of mental tests on race morning and all throughout the race that really outweighed my physical capabilities. This weekend really put me to the test mentally and physically. It also takes a lot more energy to pedal into the wind and run into the wind. But I know that I'm an even better athlete and stronger human And I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was not easy. And the hardest thing, I think, was that Ironman left the ball in our court as athletes that signed up for this inaugural 70.3 in New York at Jones Beach. And they were not going to cancel this race unless it was lightning. And I don't even know if then they would have canceled it. A hurricane is not going to stop an Ironman event from happening, even if it's on the ocean. I did Timberman 70.3 last year in a hurricane, and it wasn't as windy, but it was pretty bad, and they didn't cancel it. So I knew what I was in for when I signed up for this race. I just really didn't know what to expect. It was hard to make a decision if I felt safe cycling and running in this weather. It was, you know, the wind, the waves, the pouring rain, hail, a tropical storm, cold temperatures, This was really the hardest decision for me to decide if I could do it and if I wanted to do it. I've done probably about 15, 10 to 15 other 70.3s and Ironman events. And I really was just doing this one because I thought I would maybe PR in my times. I didn't think it was going to be like a test of courage, but it turned out it was and I get it. You know, I get why Iron Man did that and I understand. So I'm not upset with Iron Man. It was just a tough decision. And I I honestly, in retrospect now, of course, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was tough. 
But Sarah and I were in. We were on board and ready to weather this storm. We left our sanity in the car and off we went on a journey. And in retrospect, an adventure. The biggest lessons and key takeaways from this event was that I really needed to turn this challenge into an opportunity and mentally reframe the situation. The Ironman 70.3 New York Jones Beach was no longer a race for me. It was a ride and a run. It was about surviving the conditions and thriving in these conditions. It was not about getting a PR or leaving it all out there on the course. It was really just about finishing. And I mentally turned this challenge into an opportunity to excel and level up. Back to that mantra, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and you get to do this. There's a lot of people out there that couldn't do this. And that's okay, but I had the opportunity to do it. Sure, I was nervous, mostly because I didn't really know what to expect. And, you know, I am confident in my bike handling skills. I've been on my bike since I'm four years old. I could, the wheels are like extensions to my body. You know, I feel very comfortable on a bike. I have good handling skills. I ride anywhere from 60 to 90 miles on any given weekend. I have decades of experience navigating adventures in the wind as a windsurfer. But I really did start to catastrophize things, which means like imagining the worst case scenario, you know, going to those dark places. And I just really needed to reframe that and be more positive. And I did it. And that was honestly the second hardest thing to do besides deciding to do this race was having a positive attitude and reframing things. At no point during this race did I think it was fun. I was laser focused on survival and perseverance. I was also laughing a lot to myself and probably in my photos you'll see I was laughing a lot because I could not believe I was doing this. I could not believe it on any level. So this leads me to my next big lesson and key takeaway. You must train in bad weather. Bad weather and horrible conditions are opportunities. That's what they are. So don't switch things around. If it's raining, if it's freezing, if there's extreme heat, if it's snowing, you never know what race day is going to bring. And when you are invested, when you make travel plans around something, when you train for it, you don't want to stop. You just need to know what you're in for. It's better to be prepared. Do it once or twice, nail it, maybe shorten your run if you don't want to go out for the whole day. Just be prepared. Like I said, I raced in a hurricane last summer, but it was in New Hampshire. And maybe the wind was 15 miles an hour, maybe. And it was raining, sure, lots of rain. I was alone out there on the course. I thought that Iron Man forgot about me, that they picked up everyone out there, and I was just the last one they didn't find. I mean, it took me eight hours between all in all. I, again, when I'm in dangerous conditions, I am up for the event, but I just change my mindset and I don't race. I just ride. This was a serious tropical storm, racing on the ocean, lots of wind and hail, and I wasn't prepared for that. I don't know if anybody was prepared for that, so I don't think like I'm alone I'm just sharing my experience and some tips I probably would have done differently for next time. But now I'm prepared. And this is the weather 
in Long Island and the Northeast in the fall. So it could happen again and it could be worse. So, you know, you got to be prepared. That's all. And I feel a little more prepared now. Also, having a positive attitude, everybody talks about this. It made a big difference because I wasn't worried. You know, I was just laughing at myself. And if you commit to something, make the best of it. Smile, laugh, dig deep, find something positive. I really felt like a badass warrior and I knew that I found my people. All the other athletes out there that were racing in these conditions, like those are the people you want in your community, on your team. When push comes to shove, we all show up. And for the people that that didn't race, like that's okay too because it takes a lot to be to, to make those decisions. And I think I was somewhere in the middle. So I just think like whatever you do and whatever you did, you just got to have a positive attitude. And before I talk about the race and my experience specifically, it was truly an honor to be part of this inaugural event and live the dream and vision of race director Corey Roberts. We all know what it's like to have a vision, to be an entrepreneur, and to try to make that happen. It took him eight years. If you want to know more about this, head over to our YouTube conversation. The other lesson is, do you... Don't let your ego get in the way of safety. It's really hard. I know I said this before when it came to having a positive attitude, but no one can tell you what to do. You have to make a decision based on what feels right for you. All right, let's dive into my race specifically. As I mentioned, and to be clear, for me, this was not a race. It was a ride to survive the conditions and finish. I just wanted to do what I trained for, which was the 56-mile bike ride, a very easy distance for me. I did not train for these conditions at all. I am so glad I did it. I feel like I leveled up my cycling skills and threshold for weather. Despite the weather, I nailed it with my training and nutrition. I felt strong on the bike, confident in my handling skills, and really white knuckled it, hanging onto my bike and trying to keep the wheel straight. I got some seriously awesome advice going into this race, knowing the winds would be strong, headwind and crosswind. One of my friends who's a pro cyclist, masters, athlete, level two cycling coach, Anne-Marie Miller, told me just to focus on my cadence and keep my usual 90 to 100. She also said go on RPE, not power or speed, because of the weather, of course. In theory, on a beautiful day, this is the flattest bike course I've ever seen, and I would have 100% overbiked and then died on the run. I did this exact thing in Muscle Man this summer. Okay, back to Jones Beach. I checked in with my heart rate every now and then. It was great. I stayed in zone two, three most of the time. I probably should have been in three for a race, but I was keeping things on the safe side. And so I wasn't really pushing it. Also, focusing on my cadence kept me calm. And I really wasn't thinking about the weather. I mean, it was hard not to feel the weather, but I wasn't worried. Another thing that I did, which was amazing, and I highly recommend this to anyone doing a race in these kind of conditions, was I paid attention to the trees and the cyclists ahead. That's how I knew if there was a crosswind and could really be prepared and not taken off guard. I spent a solid decade watching trees for windsurfing, hoping the wind would pick up. So I can basically tell how hard the wind is blowing based on the trees and also the white caps on the water, which if you see white caps, it's easily 18 to 20 knots, in case you're wondering. That's when they usually start. That's how I would know what kind of sail to rig and which board I was using. But back to 70.3 New York. The other great advice I got from Anne-Marie was to be prepared that I would have no brakes. Carbon wheels and rim brakes notoriously need to be pumped, not slammed. 
And she was right. I had no brakes, but there was no need to really brake, which is another thing. You know, you're supposed to be six bikes apart, but that wasn't really what was going on. And I think that's okay in this race because people were nervous. People were sticking together. A lot of beginner athletes didn't know how to ride. There were three lanes of traffic. So, you know, it was like more like a bike race and less like a triathlon in terms of how people were stacked up next to each other and riding behind each other. I tried to stick to the rules of Ironman, but I think, you know, it was just a tough day. About 18 miles into the bike, I felt like my feet were submerged in buckets of water. I was wearing these Giro waterproof socks and water resistant shoe covers. So basically... I had a wetsuit on my feet and the water was warm. So I thought it was okay. And it seemed okay. I mean, I tried to shake some of it out, but then thought maybe it was actually working for me. But then of course I wasn't sure. So I started to worry as I was coming around and going into the second loop, if I needed to take my shoes off and dump out all the water, but I couldn't even feel my fingers to take my shoes off. The rain was absolutely crazy and it kept shifting all along the course. So one minute there would be no rain. The next minute it would feel like hail. I was warm because I wore the right things. I wore a Castelli rain or shine cycling pants over my run shorts, a rain or shine over my on running run shorts, a rain or shine Castelli jacket, bike sleeves, clear glasses, a cycling cap under my helmet which I ended up taking off and throwing out because it ended up annoying me. On the bike, I felt warm until probably, until the second loop. The second loop, the wind and the weather started to really get to me. I stopped in a few tunnels to get my food out of my bike box and Jersey a couple times. I also kind of wanted to warm up. So I finally finished the bike and I get off the bike and into transition. And this is where it kind of went south for me because I was freezing. As soon as I stopped moving, I was freezing. I couldn't feel my fingers. I, I like couldn't feel my toes. I had, my face was frozen. I, I like couldn't even really get my clothes off. I was drenched, it was windy, I was cold. I texted Sarah to let her know that I was off the bike and that I couldn't feel anything. And she told me to start running and that I'd probably warm up. And I did, I started running and I started to warm up. So off I went on the run. Absolutely beautiful course on the boardwalk overlooking the ocean, but it was pouring and windy and cold. And I did start to warm up, but it started to wear on me. 60 degrees is awesome for running. It's a great temperature. And I felt strong on the run. I had a good pace. I was moving along, but it felt like 45 degrees. My nutrition from the bike was good too. Like I really felt like this was going to be a great half marathon. No gut issues, nothing. I even ran through giant puddles of water in my Hoka Rocket X2s. It was only slippery in a few spots. So I got to the 3.5 mile marker and I was feeling pretty good. I was sopping wet, I was cold, but I, I had like a good rhythm with my running and then I turned around. This was the beginning of the end for me. The wind picked up and it was gusting at least 40 miles per hour. It was a headwind of 25 miles per hour, which felt like running into a wall. This was harder than hills because it was also cold. I settled into a slower pace and told myself that was fine. Just go slow. I didn't want to walk because I wasn't tired. And I just feel like sometimes walking in a race is the kiss of death for me. I can't get back to running as easily. 
but it kept getting colder. And I was nervous also that if I stopped, I would just get even more cold because I'd be walking and not moving as fast. Also, my hamstring would have tightened up and it's just too hard. So I kept running. By mile five, I knew that things were going even more south than south before. I was basically freezing and felt borderline hypothermic. I couldn't feel my fingers, my toes, my face, my body was just really starting to tighten up. I kept running and I saw the finish line sign and I knew that I could run through the finish line or I would have to do a second lap. And I didn't think I was going to make it for the entire second lap without having to walk. And I just thought walking would crush me because I was already so cold. And I pulled over to the side and I just stood there for a second and I, I really needed to make a judgment call because I felt like my health was possibly at jeopardy. It wasn't really about my training or my running. I just, I felt freezing and I didn't know what the next hour would be like and if it would be an hour or two hours, you know, because I mean, walking half of a half marathon, six miles, it could take like an hour and a half and I was just too cold. So I ran through the finish line. I got my finisher medal. I think it was a smart decision in the moment, of course, I am now pissed at myself because I didn't do the half marathon that I trained for, but I'm also really proud of myself for making a smart decision. And the fact that I even started that race, that I did what I did, I feel like I accomplished a lot and I definitely, you know, will have some self-sabotaging repercussions, but I'm okay with that. I'm super grateful to have had an incredible relay partner, Sarah Dimmick of Physical Equilibrium. She's an, a triathlon, a marathon coach, also owns Physical Equilibrium, this amazing, incredible personal training gym. She swam in these crazy conditions, and without her, like I said in the beginning, I would have never started. And look, I know, I wasn't alone out there suffering. I know a lot of my listeners did this race, and they finished, and they did great, and some people got their best time ever, you know, I just reached my threshold. And like I said, I've done at least 10 to 14 or so of these 70.3s. And I love them. I love the brand. I love Ironman. I love everything about these races. It was just wasn't my day to do this whole race. And I will sign up again next year. And even if the weather is the same, I will try to persevere. I think a couple things I would do differently if the conditions are the same is that I would have a different transition and these races are about racing and being fast. I would never race in these kind of conditions. So if it was really bad weather next year, I would just bring a, a, a warm jacket for the run and take off my bike jacket because I kept my jacket on from the bike and it was just drenched. Like everything was drenched and yes, everybody was running in drenched clothes, but everybody isn't 107 pounds. So I think for me, it was definitely like physiological. And I think for me next time, I, I just need like something warm on my body. Not so much the shoes, uh, even though that's one thing, but I also probably would have like a skull cap, you know, I would just bring warmer clothes and have them in a bag ready for the run. Otherwise, it was a perfect day. And, you know, every day is a great day for triathlon. That's what we say in windsurfing. Over and out. See you at the next race. Have an awesome day. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. 
in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.